house of the Lord. Uh, just to let you know a little bit about who we are, uh, we were appointed to Guinea, West Africa, uh, which is all the way on the west coast of West Africa. Uh, we were appointed in 2017, we're able to go in 2019. Uh, we've now completed our first term there. We are the first resident missionaries for the UPCI uh, to the nation of Guinea. Uh, we're thankful for, for the, the few churches that were started there even before a missionary was able to get there. Our neighboring country of Liberia was able to cross the border and, and begin uh, a work, and we're thankful for that and for all that God continues to do in the nation of Guinea. Uh, currently, we have 10 churches and a few preaching points, so God has really, really worked these last few years. Uh, I'm not here to try to take credit for anything. It's, it's, it's the Lord's work, and He allows us to, to enter into His work. Uh, when we arrived in the nation of Guinea, there was no... Uh, there was no apostolic true preaching church that we knew of in the, the capital city of Conakry, uh, which is on the other end of the country from where our churches were at, which is 24-hour drive time. It's not that big of a nation. It's, it's a good-sized nation. It's just the roads are very bad. <laughs> and so it's 24-hour drive time to get from where our churches are at uh, to where the, the, the capital city is. Uh, and they had, they had desired... To, to have a church in the capital for a long time and they had attempted before but it hadn't really uh, worked out but that was that was one of our first goals when we arrived in Guinea was to uh, start a church there in the capital uh, and soon after our arrival we was able to start a church in an alleyway uh, one of our ministers came from the other side of the country that had worked to try to to start uh, something there in the capital before uh, we brought them in. They helped us connect with a couple of the people that were still there from that church. And there was an elder lady uh, that lived in a, in, a, in a marketplace. And she allowed us to begin to, to have services uh, there right in front of her house. There was a little lean-to. Uh, I've got some pictures. I was going to show you uh, a picture of the Alleyway Church. This is where we started uh, our church there in Conakry. Uh, we started in this alleyway. And when the rains would come, they would just pound on that uh, tin roof there in the alleyway because we have monsoon season. We get 13 feet of rain a year in the capital. Uh, so we get a little bit of rain. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just a little uh, shotgun alleyway there. Uh, but we started our, our, our church there, and before long, the, the first three people that received the Holy Ghost received it in that alleyway. Uh, and so we were thankful for that, and we were able to to secure some land, uh, rented some land there, uh, just up from that, that marketplace, and we, uh, we built a, 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 what they call a hangar, built a hangar, and that's Reverend Adams, which is the uh, regional director for Africa, came to visit us, uh, so that's the outside of the, the church that we built there, and then on the inside, uh, and so that was, that was what it was looking like uh, there. And we, we sent a young man, one of the ministers, we sent him to Ivory Coast because we didn't have our own Bible school or anything. So we sent him to Ivory Coast to, to get some formal training. So he went and completed uh, his, his Bible school training in Ivory Coast, which is one of our neighboring countries. We brought him back, and he he come alongside me uh, for about a year, and then we installed him as pastor of what we call the Capital City Church. Uh, 
he became the pastor. When we turned it over to him, we had about 50 uh, constituents at, in that church. And since then, in the last I don't know, year and a half, two years, he's grown it from 50 to about 150 constituents there in the, in the capital uh, city church. And so, again, we're, we're thankful for, you know, just the, the, the very quick growth that God is, is, is pouring out because God is ready for a revival. And just as he is ready for a revival in Guinea, he's ready for a revival right here. Amen. Uh, he's not he's not a respecter of persons and he's not a respecter of uh, of any country or any land he wants revival all across the earth amen we were able to start night classes I've got a uh, the last picture I'll show is just some some of our Bible school students uh, we started some night classes so that we can begin to train our own uh, leaders uh, whenever we we went we had uh, I believe it was five ministers uh, now we have uh, at least 10 pastors uh, and even more ministers than that. But, but it's very important that we have formal training because we had some leaders, some pastors, but they hadn't really received any formal training. So it's very important that we receive training. We, sometimes we take it for granted uh, what we have here in the States that, that you can come and you can receive that, that strong you know, word, but when you're in a nation where they didn't really have uh, the the churches to teach the others, you know, Second Timothy two two and two, uh, what you've heard of me, you know, to teach it to others, uh, there was that that kind of a little bit of a breakdown there. There there was nobody to teach it to them. Uh, the 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 people from Liberia would come over, uh, you know, maybe a couple times a year and do some seminars and such, but to to have their own. Uh, formal training is something that was lacking in Guinea and thankfully we were able to start some night classes we were praying that uh, this next term when we when we're able to go back to Guinea that we'll be able to start day classes and continue to, to push forward our Bible school program there in, in in Guinea and see what God is is really wanting to to accomplish uh, in this nation I know sometimes it, it seems so so far away uh, for us in, in our American uh, mentality, you know, this nation that's across the sea, but God has a way of bringing us all together. God has a way of bringing us all together. And, and when we get to heaven, you know, we'll be able to, to meet people that we never met here on this earth, uh, but we still have that connection. We have a spiritual connection because we are brothers and we are sisters. We are united. Uh, it doesn't matter the language, the, that there may be a, a difference of language here, but, but when we get to heaven, we'll be able to understand each and every person, and we'll be able to rejoice around the throne of glory. It, it won't matter where you came from. It won't matter your, your status or, or the color of skin or any of these things. Nothing's going to matter because we're just brothers and sisters. We're going to be able to worship God throughout all eternity, and there is nothing like that. Amen? And so uh, I just wanted to, to share a little bit. Uh, of the burden for Guinea uh, this evening with you, I know you don't need you don't know me from Adam, as they say. But but again, you know we are brothers and we are sisters, and we join in this together. Uh, those that can help support financially, uh, we need that. Those that that will help us in support in, in prayer, we need that as well. Uh, I, I I don't want to go down the street without the the covering of prayer here in America. And I don't want to go anywhere without the covering of God in any nation around the world. And so we covet your prayers. Uh, again, if you, can, if you can join with us, we have the, 
partner and mission slips on the table if anybody would like to take us on as partners you're uh, more than than welcome to, to partner with us but also take one of our cards that's out there as well and remember to pray for us please uh, we really do uh, appreciate the prayers of the saints we we understand the power of prayer we understand the power of prayer amen uh, because we know that, that God is working and He wants to do a great work in Guinea. He wants to do a great work here. Uh, and, and that's what it is. It's all about unity. That was another thing that, that we quickly began to see even in Guinea uh, after we arrived when we were able to start that church plant and saw what God began to do. Uh, the reason we have the churches that we have, God began to open doors and we began to find that there were people there that, that either preached the truth or they had some... Uh, direction of the truth but they were waiting that was something that we kept we kept hearing it was a repeated uh, uh, thing that, that that kept reoccurring was that these ministers that we were running into they said you know we, we we've been preaching this and we've been waiting on someone to help us to go forward uh, and God made us to realize that that not just uh, going and starting a, a church there in the capital but but to begin to, to pull these different sectors together, to begin to pull these different churches that thought they were isolated and cut off and didn't realize that there were other people out there that were preaching this same doctrine. Uh, and once, once we began to, to connect the dots for them and began to bring them together, it's just wonderful what, what God has, has began to accomplish. There's a, uh, a key mining town that's about five hours north of the capital. And, and after arriving, we, we were blessed through some contacts that we we learned of one of our brethren that had come from from ivory coast and he came for work uh and he was living in 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 this key mining town well he began to witness that's what we're supposed to do amen he said i'm not a pastor but i can witness and he began to he began to witness to a minister and 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 he brought uh, he, he brought his own pastor into <laughs> you got to teach your pastor <laughs> but but he began to witness and 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 he he was able to to share the gospel with somebody that was already preaching and teaching they just needed you know like like a, a apollos in the bible he he just needed a little tweaking you know he just needed a little clarification uh and so uh, we were able to connect with them, and we sent him as well to Ivory Coast uh, to get some formal training, to, to get a little more uh, solidity. And, and so once he, he came back, and, and that's, that's a church there in a, in a key mining uh, town uh, of Guinea. That, as I said, it's about five hours north of the capital. Uh, and we began to just, these different pockets, these different places, and God blessed us with a, uh, a, a pastor that, is is very motivated to start church plants and and so that's something that i've prayed for for years you know god give us give us church planners we need church planners we're, we're in a whole nation you know here sometimes we we see our city uh but <laughs> we're responsible to touch a whole nation uh that's, that's the size of a state here in in the states uh so just imagine that your church here is responsible to <laughs> to touch the whole state of Illinois. Uh, and, and we should be doing that. We should be reaching out and, and trying to, to, to go beyond our borders and beyond our four walls. We're to be a witness, amen? 
And so, so we began to, to, to work with these different ones and see the, the miraculous hand of God began to work and, 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 and grow this work that he has allowed us to, to come into that field and began to work. Amen. And so we're, we're thankful uh, for all that, that God has done in Guinea uh, and all that he has allowed us to see. And we're looking forward to all that he's going to do in the future when we're able to go back and, and, and continue to, to grow up a work to see the hand of God move. Amen. Amen. We're going to get into the Word of God tonight. I'm going to transition, and we're going to get into the Word. Your pastor said I have at least two hours. I, I, I do not plan to take two hours, so just to, to let somebody breathe easy. If you'll stand with me, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and get into the Word of God. We're going to stand in honor of the Scripture. We're going to go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Read verse 6. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to read all my scriptures off the screen. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You may be seated. Lord, I ask you to reach down to touch us today, Lord. Touch us tonight, Lord. Strengthen us, God. Touch me, anoint my lips of clay, God. Let me just speak what you would have me to speak, no more, no less, God. Help us to receive it, and we give you praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. So this evening, I want to I wanna speak for a, a little while on the subject of the Savior, believe it or not. I'm, I'm sure everybody's heard of Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh, so I was, I, I had a different title for this, but I thought on the way over here, I had a little bit of a drive, and I was thinking on the way over here, and I, I, I thought of this title, and so I, I changed it. You know, instead of Ripley's Believe It or Not, it's the Savior, Believe It or Not. And, and tonight I want to talk about the fact that belief matters. Belief matters. What you believe truly matters, amen? Uh, we live in a world, we live in a society that, that has taken belief for granted and has made belief to be something that is just wishy-washy and, and has no, uh, no foundation. But truly, what we believe, it, it matters. It's important. I said it's important to not what you believe. It's important, uh, the, the, these things that are ingrained in us that we understand and we know and we believe what we believe and, and that it, it is important. Uh, there, there's a lot of people that, that say, you know, we're, we're all just going to heaven. We're just taking different ways to get there. Well, I, I beg your pardon, but, but the Word of God does not teach us that. The Word of God does not tell us that, that everyone's going to heaven and, and there's just many, many different ways. But, but Jesus said if they come up any other way, they're a thief and a robber. If they try to go any other way than through him, they're a thief and a robber. We, it, we've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We've got to understand what we believe, why we believe. The, the days are gone when, when it was just, well, this is what I believe because this is what the pastor preaches. This is what I believe because brother so-and-so said it, sister so-and-so said it. it I, I've said it many, many times in my teaching and preaching and, uh, and in the Bible school, 
that, that I don't want you to just take my word for it. I tell them, I don't want you to just take my word. It's not that this is the word of the missionary because if you just take it on my word, if you just say, well, this is what he said and, and you go with it, then somebody's going to come after me and, and they're going to speak a little better than me and they're going to be able to, to speak a little more clearly than me because my French is okay, but it's not perfect. We're a French-speaking nation. There's many traditional languages, but French is the national language. My French is okay, but... But it's not perfect. And so I say, you know, there, there's somebody else that, that will speak in your local dialect and they'll be able to speak more directly to you. And if you just took it because that was my word, then you're going to be swayed and you're going to go after whatever they're teaching, whatever they're preaching, whatever false doctrine they want to bring. You could be persuaded. But if you know that it's the word of God, if you know that it's, it's founded, it's settled, that we have a sure foundation in the word of God, if you know why you believe it, then you'll stick with it. You'll stick with it. You'll understand it. You won't be persuaded even if someone comes and they, they preach in your local dialect, if they preach in, in words that are easy to be understood and easy to receive. If you know the Word of God, then you'll know, no, I'm sticking with the Word of God. I won't receive a revelation from anybody. I'm not going to receive a, a dreams and visions. I'm not going to receive anything that, that comes to me if it goes against the Word of God. If it goes against the Word of God, know that the Word of God is correct and whatever is bringing it to you, whether, whether it's an angel from heaven, the Apostle Paul said, let him be accursed. Yeah. We've got to know what we believe, church. We've got to be rooted and grounded in, in the truth. This is a day and this is an hour when, when the devil, he is working as hard as he can to get people to turn astray. He is working hard. He knows his time is short, church. And he is coming for each and every one of us. He's coming for our families. He's trying to tear families apart. He's trying to, to drive people from the church. He's coming after the ministry. This is a day and this is an hour like never before because we are at the end. And it does matter what we believe. It matters, first of all, that you believe. First of all, it matters that you believe. The scripture said that except you believe, you cannot be saved. He, he said that, that without faith, it's impossible to please him. For they that come to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We have to believe. Belief is important. Belief is important. Matthew 16 Verses 13 through 17. It says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Jesus was questioning his disciples, and he said, Who do men say that I am? What, what's the word? What's the word on me? What's going around? What have you heard? 
And so they began to tell him the, the different things that people were saying, that, that they were saying, oh, he's a prophet, he's, he's John the Baptist, and, and he's Elijah, he's these different ones. And, and they began to tell him what the people are saying, but, but I believe that was just leading up. That was like an icebreaker, if you will. Really, Jesus didn't, didn't care so much what everybody else was saying about him. That was just his way of, uh, of making a difference between what everybody else is saying and what the disciples were saying. He, so then he turns it around and he said, what do you say of me? What do you think of me? Who do you think I am? And Simon Peter answered and, and said that thou art the Christ. He, he, he gave that revelation. He gave that earth-shattering revelation that, that caused Jesus to to, to open the, the door before him and, and give him the keys of the kingdom and, and tell him, you know, that basically he has this revelation that it didn't come from, from him, but it came from God. It was a revelation given by God that, that he understood who Jesus is. So the Savior, believe it, or, believe it or not, believe it or not, we got to believe in Jesus. We've got to understand who Jesus is, that He is our Savior, that He came to save us from our sins, that our sins had separated us from our relationship with our Creator. Our sin had separated us from God because God will not cohabitate with sin. He will not allow sin. If you understand what sin is, sin is just disobedience. When Adam and Eve fell in the garden, when they ate the fruit, is it a sin to eat? Not in itself. Was it a sin to eat fruit? No. But there was a specific tree, there was a specific fruit that God said, don't eat it. So when they ate the fruit, it wasn't the fact that they ate fruit, it was the fact that they disobeyed God. All sin is disobedience. The Bible says when you know to do right and you don't do it, it's sin. There's sin of commission and there's sin of omission. There's times we sin because we did something that's wrong and there's sometimes we sin because we don't do what's right. Because God has revealed His will through His Word. He has shown us what to do. He has shown us what it means to have a walk with Him, to be faithful to the house of God. If we're not faithful to the house of God, we're being disobedient. If we're not faithful in our prayer, if we're not faithful in our relationship with Jesus Christ, that we're being disobedient. We cannot please Him. It matters what we believe. It matters that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Our sin had separated us from God because that sin is disobedience. It's rebellion against God. And God cannot allow rebellion against him. That's why the devil was kicked out of heaven. Because of rebellion. And so sin separated man from his creator. But God made a way. He didn't want man to be left like that. God would that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants everyone to be saved. He desires a relationship with us. It's all about relationship. <clears throat> now, I know that many ministers, they have their own 
niche. They have their own little thing, you know. You have somebody that, that always preaches on unity. You have somebody that's always preaching evangelism. I understand you don't, you don't know me all that well. My niche is relationship. It's always about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about a relationship with Him. If you can get a hold of that, if you can get a hold of what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, your pastor's job is going to be a whole lot easier. He won't have a problem getting you to pray if you understand relationship. He won't have a problem with people being faithful to the house of God if they understand relationship. He won't have a problem with people paying their tithes, giving an offering, if they understand relationship. He won't have a problem with so many things that he has to deal with and so many things he has to counsel with if we just understand relationship with Jesus Christ. Having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It matters what we believe. It matters in whom we believe. That's why Jesus was bringing this to his disciples. He said, you know, there, there's a lot of people that think a lot of things. They have a lot of thoughts of me and, and what, it, what it means. But what do you see in me? Who do you see me to be? And so when they gave him that revelation that, that he is the Christ, he is the Messiah, he is the one that came to, to save us from our sins, he is the one that came to reunite us in a relationship with God, that was something that, that turned everything on its head. That turned everything on its head. Because before now, there was always the sacrifices. There was always a ritual that had to, to, to be gone through. And, and there was a, a people that was exclusive. But, but what they were saying was that, that Jesus, as the Christ, He is the Messiah. He's the one that came to reunite humanity to God. And that, that was, 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 was earth-shattering. John 8, verses 23 through 24. <clears throat> and he said to them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. He gave them a revelation that we have to believe in Him. We have to put our trust in Him. We have to put our faith in Him. This day and age, there's people putting their faith and their trust in, in everything but God. They'll believe in anything but God. They, they'll believe in crystals. They'll believe in, in, in fortune tellers. They'll believe in, in any and everything. They'll run after anything. We've got to believe in Him. We've got to trust in Him. We can't put our trust in the things of this earth, but we put our trust in Him. We put our hope in Him. We have to believe that He is, that He is the Christ. He is God robed in the flesh that came to shed His blood on Calvary so that we can have a relationship with Him once more. As I said, we lost our relationship in the garden when, when Adam and Eve, they, they threw it all away by, by disobeying the commandment of God. And, and so because of their rebellion, because 
of their disobedience. They were, they were cast out of the garden, but they lost that, that cherished relationship that they had. But God made a way that we can have a relationship with Him again. And He gave us something even greater. Because in the garden, the Bible says that, that in the cool of the day, God walked with Adam. He walked with him in the cool of the day. There was a specific time of the day when man was able to have that, that intimate communion with God. But now God has given us something even greater. Because in the garden, God walked with man. But now God dwells within man. Then he walked beside man, but now he walks within me. Adam had to wait on a specific time of the day. But if I wake up in the middle of the night, I can call on God. When I get up in the morning, I can call on God. In the middle of the day, if I'm going through the, the roughest time of my life, Jesus Christ is there with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. No matter what we go through, no matter what we face, church, God will be with you. Your family may leave you. Everybody else may turn away from you. But Jesus Christ will always be with you. Nothing can deliver you out of his hand. Only we ourselves can walk away from him. Nothing can take us from him. Neither life nor death, nothing can take us from him. So it matters in whom we believe. It matters that we believe and it matters in whom we believe. We have to believe in Jesus Christ. We've got to put our trust in him. The Pope isn't going to get us anywhere. We've got to put our trust in Jesus Christ. We've got to believe him for who he is. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 12 and 13. That you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as is in truth the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. We can put that up there again. That you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. He said, but it was in truth. It's in truth. We'll also go to Ephesians 1 verse 12 through 14. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So he said that, that we are sealed with that Holy Spirit. We are sealed with that Holy Spirit, which is, it's just an earnest. The scripture said it's just an earnest. It's, it's like when you, when you go to, uh, to buy a house and you, you put down that earnest money. That means I'm going to buy it. That means I'm going to buy it. Well, the Bible calls his spirit that he has given it, it, it calls it an earnest. Just imagine what we get to feel, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit living inside of us. It's just a taste. It's just a taste of heaven. It's just a taste of what it will be like when we get in a glorified body. We can't even handle the presence of God. Our bodies cannot even contain the truth of that touch of the holy. But he said that, that it's the belief of the truth. It's the belief of the truth. that We're sealed with his spirit, but it's in the truth. So it matters what we believe. There is a truth. Jesus said that he is truth. He is the truth. He is the life. We have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It matters that we believe. It matters in whom we believe. And it matters what we believe. He is the Savior of all humanity. He is the Savior, the one that, that, that paid the price for us that we could have a relationship with Him. It's all about a relationship. That is the desire of God tonight for a relationship with each and every one of us. He didn't come to, to just pick certain ones. It's not for us when we go and witness. It's not for us to decide who can be saved and who can't and who we should witness to and who we shouldn't. The Bible says that if the gospel be hid, it's hid to those that are lost. If the gospel be hid, it's hid to those that are lost. There's only one gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's only one gospel. But we have to obey the gospel. We have to obey the gospel. We have to relate to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The death, the burial, the resurrection. We relate to his death through our repentance. When we die out to our sins. We relate or obey his burial when we are baptized with him. The Bible says that, that we are buried with him in baptism. And then we have to rise in a newness of life. Just as Jesus Christ it was prophesied that he would not see corruption. He would not see corruption. If Jesus had stayed in the grave, he would have seen corruption. But he rose again. He rose again in a newness of life. Because he is the first fruits. He is the, the example for us. He is the pattern for us. The Bible says that the first Adam was made a living spirit. He was a living soul. But it said the second Adam, speaking of Jesus Christ, it said he is a 
quickening spirit. Quicken means to make alive. It's not just that, that he has life, but he gives life. It's not just that he, he has life, but he is able to give life. So when we have his spirit living inside of us, it's not just that, that, that he is inside of us, but he is giving us life. We have a new life because of his spirit living inside of us. And so the only way for us to obey the gospel is through Acts 2.38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is our response to the gospel. The gospel is for everyone. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Savior, whether they believe it or not, is for everyone. Whether they receive him or not, it's for everyone. He has freely given his sacrifice for all of humanity. And as we, as we already said, he, he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants everyone to be saved. But there's a response to the gospel. There's a response through belief. It matters that we believe. It matters in whom we believe. And it matters what we believe. That we believe the truth. That we believe the word of God. That we're rooted and grounded in the scripture. That we're rooted and grounded in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because believe it or not, he's coming back. Amen. Believe it or not, he is the savior of all humanity. And so what do we believe tonight? If you'll stand with me. Just, just short of two hours. What do you believe tonight? Do we have belief? He said when he come back, will he find faith on the earth? We've got to have faith in him. We've got to put our trust in him. We've got to put our hope and our belief in him. Not in the things of this world. Not in, in what we can receive. Not in houses and lands and, and cars and all of these things. And, and I'm not here... I'm not here preaching against having good things. God wants his people to be blessed. But more importantly than the things, God desires a relationship with us. There's a lot of people that, that look for the hands of God. But God is looking for those who are looking for the face of God. Not just what I can receive from God, but I'm looking for a relationship with God. What do you believe? What do we believe tonight? Do we put our trust in the things of this world? Or are we putting our treasures up in heaven? Are we putting our treasure in a relationship with Jesus Christ and falling in love with Him all over again? Because if we'll do that, I promise you, things will be better. Things will always get better the more we put in our relationship with Jesus Christ because in all truth it doesn't matter if the world falls apart if you're in love with Jesus Christ that's all that really matters to you it's all that really matters when the devil tries to come against you and he tries to remind you of all these these heartbreaks and all these setbacks and all these problems when you have your eyes on Jesus 
Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But if you look at those scriptures just before that, he's actually talking about following Jesus Christ. He said, I, I want to apprehend that which I'm apprehended of, Christ Jesus. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm going after Jesus. I'm looking after Jesus. I'm running after Jesus. All those other things, whatever it is, the accolades, the things I've accomplished, the good things, the bad things, it's all behind me. It, the only thing that matters is who's in front of me. The only thing that matters is who's in front of me, who I'm running after, who I'm, I'm searching and I'm seeking for. It's Jesus Christ. So come what may, whether, whether it's good, whether it's bad, it's all just things behind me. All that matters is that Jesus stays in front of me, that I keep drawing closer to Jesus Christ, that I believe in him more and more, that he becomes greater and greater in my life. I must decrease. He must increase. Amen. We're going to have a, a prayer time. I don't know if you normally have an altar call on Wednesday. Some do, some don't. But I'm just going to invite all of us to just come forward. I know this may be a little different. But I believe we all can draw closer to God. I believe we all can. I, I put myself right in there. <laughs> I'm like Paul. He said, I have not arrived. I haven't apprehended yet. I, I, I'm not there yet. As long as I'm in this flesh, as long as I'm walking upon this earth, there's still room I can grow. There's still things I can learn. There's still, there's still growth in my life. I can still draw closer to Him. I can know Him better. I can see Him more clearly. I, I pray that He would open my eyes, that He would give me a greater revelation, that I can know Him. That's what Paul said. He said, oh, that I can know Him. The Apostle Paul that saw all the great miracles, saw a, a, a great ministry, but he still said, I want to know him. I want to know him. That was the desire of Paul. And that should be our desire tonight, to know him, to see him more clearly, to draw closer to him, to hear his voice speaking to our lives and speaking to our situations and, and speaking encouragement in, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of, uh, of the storm, that, that God could speak into our life, that God can encourage us, that we could draw closer to him. Amen. So we're just going to pray together. You can just pray in your own words tonight. I, I, I don't know you. I don't know what you're going through, what you're facing. But I know the one who does. And I know the one that can show up in the midst of whatever you're going through. And I know the one that can give you strength. And so I just ask you to open your heart and open your, your mouth tonight and begin to pray. I can, I can pray with you, but I cannot pray in your place. I cannot pray for you. You have to pray. You have to open your mouth. You have to commune with God. He is waiting on you. He is waiting on your words. He is waiting for you to, to open up yourself to Him. Not just to give Him lip service. He said they draw nigh to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. God, God is looking for someone tonight who will draw close to Him with their heart, who will open their heart all the way up to Him and say, God, I give you everything. God, I'm not going to hold anything back, Lord. I'm not turning around. I'm not slowing down, God, but I'm going to go I'm going to go all in for you, Lord. I'm going as hard and as fast as I can, God. Lord, take, take everything, but give me Jesus. What are you seeking tonight? What do you believe tonight? 
give it to Him. 